three, two. Welcome to Working the Beat. It's another rant. I'm Kevin Cooney. Mike Kern on the other end. As Sunday, bloody Sunday. Could have been worse, I guess, because the Eagles could have outright lost to the Bengals, but a tie at the end. What's the difference? What's the difference? It feels like a loss, and then the Phillies, obviously, their season ends. We'll get to the Phillies in probably about 20 minutes, but uh, I think Mike... Yeah, it'll it'll take longer than that. Okay. I think we have to start with the Eagles. Uh, I mean, it is – that was as bad – you know, they, the last time they tied was in 2008 when they played the Bengals. It was the infamous – Yeah, I, rem- I remember that game. Yeah, 13-13. This one, 23-23. The Eagles did go to the NFC title game that year. Just remember that. I understand. Um, but, boy, I'll tell you what. The injuries are the, the injuries are piling up again. No Goddard. Second half, Deshaun Jackson has his annual September hamstring pull. Um, Jason Peters looked awful. Uh, the quarterback looked awful. The head coach didn't call a great game. Why should I feel? Did, did you see our apparently Ortega Whiteside? Now I don't know if he was activated or not activated. He was activated. Okay, you're telling me in a game like today. Where your best player, and God bless him, I like him, but he can't be your best player, was Ward. I mean, your best receiver, Greg Ward. Yeah, he was. He was. He, look, he's earned. He's earned whatever he's got, but he's not your. He's not a number one receiver. You know, he's your. Are you telling me that Ortega Whiteside? And apparently, I was listening to one of the post game shows, and the reason that was given, I think, if I had this correct, was that they didn't have a lot of plays in the plan for him anyway are you kidding me kevin are, are you kidding me that you drafted in a in a day where jackson goes down you're playing some wide receivers who i don't even know their names right honestly god he your second round draft pick from last year that's enough to get you fired just there yeah and the fact that the guy from seattle's running around doing whatever he's doing um yeah, yeah they're, they're they're never going to live that pick down I mean that that's that might be the worst pick they've made in the last I don't know Greg Ward, many years you want to go back. Greg Ward was targeted eleven times today. Made he eight, was good. Made eight catches for seventy two yards. Yes. Ertz was targeted ten times, made seven for seventy. High tower, three targets, two catches, nineteen yards. Burnett. Don't uh, go through all. No, this, no, I'm me. just saying. Like you're I talking know. about they, Miles Sanders was targeted eight times. There's no reason that your number two pick from last year is not targeted once in this. Not once. 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 once twice. Like, it's a shit why defense. This, why is this guy, what was the guy, Burkhart? What was his name that you said? The guy who had the one or two, number 19, I think he is. Burnett? Yeah. Who is he? I don't why know. Why is he playing ahead of White well, I think he was called up yesterday, literally. Yes. This is my point. Somebody's got Howie. Why did we take this guy? Not that it's going to make a difference now. It doesn't matter now. He stinks. I hope I'm wrong. I hope a year from now, two years from now, he's proven us all wrong. He stinks. He can't even get on the field. And by the way, I know you were watching the Phillies and about five other things. Yeah. 
the, yeah, the iPad and the computer. What? Go ahead. No, the iPad, the computer, the phone, and and yeah, well, Red that, Zone that's channel. just mass tragedy. But <laughs> yeah, you, did exactly. see, you did see the pass where Carson Wentz overthrew Miles by five yards. Yeah, I did. Miles was running mm-hmm. alone. Okay. And I'm trying my best to stick up for Carson. I, I he's got nothing around about, him once how, again. How about the two crap interceptions? Well, I and know the, that. And the but, one, and the one, yeah, the one's deflected. But as Seth Joyner said on, on post game, it would have been intercepted. It would have anyway, been, been a pick been, six, probably. Again, but again, some of the play calling, and I'm not blaming. It's, it's a little bit. There's enough to go around. But when he get, they got him out of pocket a little bit mm-hmm. on the drive that they went to tie the score, where they got two pass interference penalties. Which okay, they're pass interference penalties. They're pass interference. Penalties. Sure, Carson made about three plays. Yeah. Where he got, and it was, it was, you're watching him and you're, yeah, that's the Carson. Now, I don't want him being Cam Newton. He can't, and I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed this, maybe I'm wrong. He is not as quick as he used to be. No. Um, but he still has that elusiveness. Well, and, and especially on the, on what turned into the game time touchdown. I mean, he right. didn't really have the corner, but he kind of s- swerved and slithered his way in. Yeah, and in what is, was a good athletic play, but the lack of protection on the ball. I think he fumbled. He, well, I think he, he had the fumble he, he that re- they recovered. Right, Kelsey recovered the fumble. Yeah, he, um, he fumbled once, and then he has the two turnovers. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Well, the fumble. He, the fumble. He got hit. Like, he was trying to make a pay. But he was starting his passing motion. The guy hit him from behind because Jason Peters was a sieve. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, we'll get Jason to that in Peter- a second. We'll yeah, get to that. He couldn't have blocked me today, but that's okay. Right. You had to have somebody play left tackle. But the um the the drive, he made like four or five plays today where he just made plays out of nothing. You know, where he got away. And I think even think on the game tying drive, right. He ran for two first downs, I think. Let me pl- if I'm not mistaken. Let me play Carson Wentz though, talking about the two interceptions. Uh nah, I don't want to hear it. Is what a- He's going to try harder. Come on. Well, no, no, no. He, he broke down both plays. Here we go. Hey, the right reads, and, and what were you saying? Yeah, I mean, the first one I uh, felt good about. You know, ball gets tipped at the line. That's it's a bad feeling when you're back there and you're seeing the ball flutter through the air because um, it gets tipped at the line of scrimmage. Guy made a good play. And the other one, um, you know, got, got aggressive there trying to get one in there to Ertz, and um, guy made a good play. And, you know, that's something that I just got to be better with. All right, so he did end with these guys. I, I didn't need to. He, I didn't need to hear that, and he doesn't acknowledge on the first interception that, it would have that been he was throwing in the triple tr- coverage. coverage. Yeah. So okay, maybe he would have completed the pass. I don't know. Maybe he's that good, but there, there, it's just Kevin. I can't, and I like Carson. I'm not ready to throw the towel in on Carson because they've done a bad job with this franchise of putting stuff around him. The injuries have been killer this year. Mm-hmm. The offensive line, now your receivers, your D-back. I mean, it, it's – I don't know why they have so many injuries. Maybe every other team has as many injuries and we just don't know about it because we don't follow those teams. But it's just – it's just, you know, you, you see this. It's too much and, is what it is. You know the other thing the Eagles don't have, and I and maybe I'm wrong about this again, but I mean, I'm trying to make observations on the fly – they, and they had this when Foles was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what. I think I know where you're that, going with this. Go ahead. No. Receivers that would make plays. Mm-hmm. Receivers that would go. I see other teams. 
it doesn't seem like the Eagles have receivers who make plays. And I don't mean – what I mean is sometimes, like, Alshon Jeffrey was pretty good at that. You would throw the ball, 50-50 ball. The only one – there's a chance he's going to come down with it. The only one who seems to make plays is Greg Ward for him right now. And that includes the tight end. Zach Ertz today – you know, say what you want. It was an awful throw on the interception. But Ertz could have done a lot more to stop that too. I mean, he could have really, like – Play, play box out. I mean, do something. I mean, well, except stick you know, your hand You know there's out. a couple other – I don't know how closely you were following it because you were trying to keep track of 50 things. There was a couple other near interceptions. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, the and, one, and you were right. The pass you know, to Sanders. Sanders is wide open. And he overthrows it by seven yards. And that's a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, that. you know what it reminded me of? The play against Atlanta last year where Aguilar dropped the ball. Um, Down the sideline. Right. This was not. I mean, if if he hits him in stride, which he should have, he walks in touchdown, right? You know, and they would have been up. I think that would have put him up three. I think it would have been twenty three twenty. Does that sound right? Sounds about Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. And now I don't know. Does that mean they would have won the game twenty three twenty? Do you realize, Kevin? The Bengals. Think about this now. Four out of five possessions they scored on. Mm -hmm. This is the Bengals now. Four out of five possessions, and the fifth possession in that group was halftime, where they had the ball for like 10 seconds and just took a knee. So they basically scored on four straight possessions. How is that possible with a rookie quarterback who is good at – look, he's, he's going to right. be a good player. You know, we can all kind of see that. A.J. Green wasn't even hurting them because Slay was kind of taking care of Green, and that other guy had like 10 catches. I think what's disturbing about it is the fact that, you know, there are times when teams, it's rare you get a tie, okay, in the NFL. And and it really is. But there's no way I should emerge from an Eagle-Bengal game and feel like the Eagles got lucky to get out of there with a tie. And I kind of do. because Well, I, they did, they did. Because I of mean, all the mistakes the, the Eagles team- made... But they were the only team that had a chance to win at the end. So you you can't say they were lucky to get out. You know, they drove down the field and scored a a tying touchdown. Teams do that every week in the NFL. But the Eagles also self-imploded so much that you, I felt like you were lucky to get out of it. No, because there was a point in that overtime where the only team that was going to win it was the Eagles. Right. Yeah, the Bengals weren't going to win it once it was like three minutes to go. And by the way, this just means nothing about nothing. You're the Bengal... Punt returner on that kick with 19. Why, Why are you, you fair, fair catching? catching the ball? I am a Paul. Like, I played sports when I was a kid. I, I I was usually a fairly smart player. Why are you touching the ball? Yeah. Why are you risking? F- what, what was the difference if the if the Bengals took over on their one-yard line or their 10-yard line? They were taken out. If, if he was fair catching, if he was fair catching at his 35. I understand that. Did you? Okay, you, you, you have a chance to complete a couple of passes and maybe kick a field. That's idiotic, and the coach should be shot because somebody's got to tell that guy, number 12, I believe it was, get away. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching. I'm saying, just drop the ball. Drop the ball and let the Eagles win on a, on a chip shot because you're stupid. Did, but Did you have yeah. a problem with Doug kick, uh, punting there as opposed to trying? What did I have a, 60- a problem? Yeah, did I have a problem? You're Doug Peterson. Uh-huh. 
you write a book, Fearless, or whatever it was called. You talk big you, balls, Doug, and all that. Right. I'm not saying, look, you're going to kick a 59-yard field goal, okay? Which, God, we see guys, the KC guy made three straight 59-yard field goals last week, right? Right. Okay, I don't know if Elliott's going to make that field goal or not. He certainly could because he's shown he can, or at least in the past. So, you're taking a chance there that he's going to kick a 59-yarder. Okay, the guy go, it goes, you know, prior, whatever. If you had missed that kick, the Bengals were going to get the ball. Near midfield. You know, where they were going to get it. If Burrow can, can complete it, I don't think they had any timeouts left, though. I'm not no, sure. they didn't. But they, they were out of timeouts. Somehow, right. So, okay, so somehow you could have lost the game, though. Whatever. So now you're telling me the difference of five yards. Now, if you want to tell me your kicker can't convert from 64 or 63, but he can convert from 50, I'm not, I'm not buying that. I mean, I agree. It, it, the, the odds probably go up. But most times when guys hit 59 yarders, they hit them by like five yards. They're usually good by five yards. So to me, if you're a 2-0 team, if you were a 2-0 team, I understand maybe saying – we can't take a chance on losing this game. Right. Okay. You're 0 2. Like, and especially, and especially given that the one kick, it's funny, you know, it comes in this way, but this kicker makes a 61 yarder a couple years ago, which really was the springboard. Don't start of your season. Yeah. Right. So, but I think, Kevin, what they wanted to do was they wanted to stay a half game behind Dallas. That's what I think, rather than be a full game behind Dallas, you know, and, and God forbid at the end of the year that tie gets him the division title or something. Because Doug will say, see that? See, I just don't understand. I get it. The odds of making a 64-yard field goal are, are probably, I don't know what the odds are. Right. Probably less than 50-50. Right? And, and let's say they're 50-50. Right. I, I don't know. Because, you know, kickers now, they got – how much greater is it that you're going to make it from 59? Did you hear Doug's explanation? Yeah, I did. And, and I think – Doug will come back at his press conference tomorrow or the next day and, t- and tell you he's thought about it and maybe he should have kicked it. Okay. I, I guarantee you. Well, here's he's Doug. going to say that. Here's, Doug, so here's Doug's explanation uh, in the press conference. Believe to Tim McManus. You can either uh, attempt it on fourth down and try to go for We We tried to go for the field goal, the game winner. That was, that was the thing. We were going to go for the game winner. Uh, with the kick, felt comfortable with Jake. Had the wind, uh, the false start backed us up. So we we just said, hey, let's just let's just uh, uh, punt the football here. We didn't want to give him the ball, you know, towards midfield, um, or even a chance to go for it on fourth down and long, um, incomplete pass, something like that. They get the ball short field. They could they could kick a field goal and, and win the game. So um, just made that decision. Hopefully, something you know positive might have might have come out of the the punt. All right, so that's Doug Peterson. Thanks to Eagles.com. Think about it, Kevin. Something positive comes out of the punt. Something positive will come out of the punt. No, the only way something positive comes out of the punt is if the punt returner touches the ball and drops it. Okay? Which, like I already said, that should never even – okay, so let's take that out. The going for – nobody was asking you to go for fourth and long, Doug. Nobody was saying go for it on fourth and 12 or whatever it was. No. Nobody was suggesting that. Why why would that even come into the – you had no timeouts left. So unless you complete a 15-yard pass that gets you to the sideline or somehow you can run up and spike it quick enough, which would have really been tough, but who knows? I just don't understand what the mentality is. I get it. There's a difference between 59 and 64. I get it. I understand why some coaches might not want to kick a 64-yarder when they would attempt to. But in that situation, 
What did you really have to lose? If the Bengals get the ball at where would they have gotten it at? They're, they would have gotten it. If it's 64, they would have got it at the 40. For, they're, uh, no, they're no it, would have been, it would have been at, at the Eagle 46. At the Eagle 46. So you probably are talking there 15 yards to get in the they field. Had no time, they had Gregory. no timeouts. Right. And they would have had. Yeah, look, I agree. And if anything, if anything, it may force a young quarterback to make a mistake at that point, too. I mean, you know, if, if he's trying to push it too hard, he may push yeah. it too hard, and you may end up either tying or, or you know, look, you could even run it back. I mean, I don't uh, know. Yeah, but that's that's No, but I'm just saying that is that more likely than a fumble punt? All I'm saying is, to me, at that point, in that situation, you are you're, – you're zero and two, okay. Now, do you want to lose the game? No, because zero and three is worse than zero two and one. Right. I get it, but you have a kicker who has hit a sixty-one yarder in his life, and he said the wind. I think he just said the wind, wind was, was with, with him. Yep. Don't you give him a shot? Don't you just send him out there and say, "Hey, kid, come on, you can hit this." And maybe he doesn't hit it, and maybe. And if if the if they had tried that and somehow the Bengals had won the game, I would have never killed Doug for that. Never, no. I w- I would have said, hey, you were you were doing. Now, if 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 you're talking like a 69 yard field goal, I might say you're a little nuts. You know, it was like Nick Saban a few years ago against Auburn when he did that long field goal and everybody you know gave him crap about sure, it. They, they could have went to overtime. That was a little different. But the guy wound up running it back. I would never have second guessed Doug for kicking. And I just don't understand why a Matt Pryor five-yard penalty would well, make you rethink your your logic there. I, I just, you know. But here, here's know. where I don't get Peterson, and this is the change in Doug Peterson from what we saw three years ago to now and what you brought up early. He would have had no qualms about going for three years ago and, and kicking a field goal. He would have had no qualms going for a two-point conversion to possibly win the game at the end of regulation, the way nah, things are going, nah, nah, no, nah. yeah, I, I disagree with that. You go, you, you've come back. You're the home team. You're the better team, and you just tied the game. You play for overtime. You, you, you don't, you don't put everything on the line against the Bengals. Um, if, if you're playing, uh, I don't know, give give me a team that's great, Green um, Bay, you know, or Seattle, New England, right? Yeah, you know, some maybe you do. Maybe you say, hey, we're banged up, we're injured. No, no. The proper decision was to go for overtime, and they and they had the proper decision because they 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 probably if, if not for they they, they should have probably been able to get in field goal range. I just don't understand, Kevin. And maybe maybe there is a big difference between fifty nine and sixty four. I mean, obviously there is. It's five yards, but to me, you already made your decision. You're going to kick a fifty nine yard field goal. If we miss it, the Bengals are going to get the ball on their forty nine. Right. Yeah. Therefore, oh. Okay. So you're saying the difference of them getting the ball on their 49 or your 46 or 44 or whatever. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, is, is that much of a difference? Or you don't think your kicker can make it from 64, which he never bought up in, in the, in the thing, you know, and again, maybe he didn't want to throw his kicker under the bus, but he certainly thought his kicker could make it from 59. So, I, I just think you, you let him kick. And if, God forbid, Pryor gets another penalty, then maybe a punt. Yeah. Then, then you say, no, to hell with it. We can't kick a 69-yard field goal 
It's never been done before. And um, they did take they did take a delay game penalty too. So if they did no, back that, up another, but that that had nothing to do with the decision. The decision was made yeah, at sixty four. And, and but think about this, Kevin. What's the thinking that goes into that? Well, the delay of the game. The, it's called indecisiveness to make the decision on what you're doing. It's called stupidity. Well, yeah. You you don't take that five yard penalty has not. The only time you take penalties like that is if you're punting from like the other team's forty, and you want to move yourself back five yards to maybe give your punter a better chance to put the ball out inside the ten or the five. In that situation. It didn't matter because, like I said, the, the Cincinnati should never even had a guy fielding the punt. But oh god, don't don't. All right, oh, my last my last rant. Oh. my last rant on this game. Oh man! And yeah, you're right. They're a half game behind Dallas. I can't wait and, for Ricky Ricardo. Jesus God. Um, <laughs> here's my final rant on this. Jason Peters, it's time. It's time. Somebody has to tap him on the shoulder and say it's time. Because that was embarrassing. Yeah, but who, Carlos but yeah, Dunlop but turned him into a turnstile. It's not going to be time because they're missing like fifteen yeah. linemen. I mean, it's it's you're going to live with. For, I saw somebody uh, one of the stories that was written in the Enquirer. I don't know if it was Les or Jeff. It might have been Jeff McLean, and just said we might find out something about Jackson and Peters because if this team's going nowhere, like how long will it take them to come back? Now I don't know how serious Peters is. Because he did kind of walk off the field, kind of on his own. Yeah. Um. When, when he walked off, but forget that. He looked. I mean, I don't know who was the guy that was that was doing all the damage. I mean, he was. There was one play, Kevin. He got pushed mm-hmm. into West. Yeah. And that, I don't care if you're 38 years old or 30 years old. I mean, that's not Jason Peters. We know that he's a Hall of Famer. He's got. I mean, look, he's earned the right. He's going to Canton. Um. I, but my God! I, like I joked. I joked about it, but th- today was the Jason Peters version of uh, Jason P- Peters version of the Willie Mays stumbling around as a med in center field game. Uh, yeah, it's Steve Carlton pitching for the for, twins. for the Twins. I mean, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, but what are you going to do? I, you, you, there, there's nothing you can do because they have nobody else. Yeah, and you're going to put me a lot. What are you going to put me a lot in there or um, <sighs> Matt whatever Breyer. the hell? And the and the thing with um. Deshaun, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Nate Herbert got called for two penalties too at the end. Yeah, um, well, I, I look, and and they got the 49ers coming up, and I don't want to belabor what's coming up, but the 49 now the Giants stink, especially without Barkley. But they went up there, you know, they they beat them pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now the Eagles got to go play them next week, go across the country on a Sunday I don't night. Even know who they're going to have available? Goddard supposedly is going to be out at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackson, you think Jackson's going to play next week? No, no. Okay, Rager going to play next week? No. Is uh, Whiteside going to play next week? Alshon may not play. Yeah, but is Ortega going to play? Uh, who knows? Would anybody no. know the difference? So they'll basically next week have Ward, Ertz, and Miles. That'll be that'll be their three guys. And Boston I mean, Scott Kevin, out of the backfield today. The guys who were the announcers, and they actually, I thought, did a pretty good job. Yeah. The Eagles were coming out in that 12, you know, with the two tight ends, and it wasn't even helping them. No. Like, in their blocking, they, they showed a couple no. plays where they had the two tight ends on the one side, and, and they just they, they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. I, I This whole thing, the Eagles have set this offense up. Look, I have no problem. The Patriots did it. Now, the Patriots had 
two really good tight ends at one time and Hernandez and Gronk. They did this, and it worked, and, and, the, and the Eagles have done it, and it's worked. But when you go and play two tight ends like this, it does change your offense if your receivers aren't good enough. And I think what's going to happen, I think Ertz is going to be gone. That's well, what I, I think, think that's a given right now. Yeah, I, I think Ertz is Because I think, they, I think they also realize they can't play 12 technique much longer. They can't exactly. go to two tight ends. That's what I mean. Right. And he's like real, real multo. You know, nobody yeah. wants real multo not to be here. But he ain't going to be here. Oh, you you transition well, sir. Because, uh, I wasn't even trying. To no, be honest, which I wasn't even trying. Because the other half of the misery daily double. That's uh, a segue. That is a segue. Uh, Phillies lose five nothing to a Tampa Bay team literally playing all backups. Like and on a day when you would have made the playoffs. Playoffs, <laughs> yeah. Think about that though. Like everything you needed to happen for you in the last two days happened and you still couldn't take advantage of it with your best two pitchers and what did i tell you when we were talking on friday i said i don't care if their best two pitchers are going because they've lost the the last six games i guess right that, that, that they're yeah owen six owen six down the stretch September, right yep owen six down the stretch with with nola and wheeler going but you told me that the last three septembers oh, I, I got the numbers for you ready okay um Three and two-thirds innings for Nola on uh, three and runs on Sunday. He's now 7-12 and 12 in the season's final month in his career with a 4-2 ADRA. Over the last three years, however, when the Phillies were in contention, 4-9 and nine with a 4-6-7. And his answer, I don't have the audio clip on this one, was I wish I had an answer, just bad luck in September, I guess. Do you think he, do you think there's something wrong? It's tired? I don't know. He, this is not the year for him to say he got tired because he pitched half, right. he pitched half of his what? workload. It wasn't 200 innings. I mean, I know on the telecast, Tom and um, I think it was Ben. Ben was the guy doing it today. Was just saying that his control the last three or four was off been was way off. And yeah. you know what? With Wheeler, you understood it because of the fingernail. Okay, of the three Wheeler starts at the end here after he broke the fingernail, you kind of got it. Okay. Little maybe just a little high, you know, release mm-hmm. point off or whatever. I don't know what Noah's excuse is, and, and it's side, really alarming to be honest. But here's the flip side. So I got to throw a flip side. In his last two starts, they scored one run. So yeah, that's true as, too. As, yes, and and you are not going to win many games. So Wheeler's game, uh, the, the not the yesterday, but the the one before that, they scored one run. Right, mm-hmm. Noah's game. They no Noah's game. They scored one run. I'm sorry, Wheeler's game. They did not. I'm I'm sorry, but they had no. They had two games last week where they scored one run. One run, right? Yeah. And then they scored one no runs today. So we can talk about the pitchers all we want, and and it would all be right. There, there. You won't be wrong, but you know what? When I keep hearing about how this is a lineup, and and I know the catcher's hurt. I know Harper might not be 100. percent I get all that. You can't score no runs. You can't score one run. Well, how many when, double plays did it feel like they grounded into this week? It, well, it felt like a ton. No runs, Kevin. I know. No runs in a game where you look. Well, extra, and, and it, what I will say, though, Mike, is, and I have the Girardi clip about what happened here, too. Um, what I will say is that when you have a team that has as bad a bullpen, and when you have a team that has kind of kick games away left and right 
even if you have a good offense, it just takes a toll on it. And I think that's what no, happened here. No, 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 no. I, I, I agree with you. But that doesn't mean you score no runs. Oh, I, no, I, no, no. No. And, and so three times, three times now, if I'm correct, in their last six or seven games, they scored one run or no runs. I, I'll look that no, up. No, no. Yeah, I, I, well, I know they had Noah's. They had one run in Noah's previous start. They had no runs today. And one of Wheeler's games, I think they had one run. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, but there was like, you can't play like that. I don't want to hear it. And, and they left the bases loaded like last night in that game. They lost the 4-3 to three game, I guess it was. Yeah, they had the bases loaded, I think, with no outs. And then you can't do – good teams don't do that. You know, you, you can't. It's it, it's not they, they, the bullpen stink. Absolutely, the bullpen stinks. But you know, you, you can't go out and lose five nothing today. You can't. I, I don't care. You lose six to four. You know, and you go out and you score a couple runs, and maybe Noah's not great. Maybe the bullpen, but not five nothing. That, that's like now on a day when the Giants lose and Milwaukee loses. Come on. How about I mean, in their final eight games, the Phillies were held to three runs or less six times. Five, yes. times, five times, five times. Yes. That's for for an offense that we kept saying was pretty good. You know, that's that, that's no, no, no. One in, one in six this week on the road at Washington and at Tampa, who after Friday night really had nothing to play for. I mean, yep. t- Tampa, Tampa was just trying to stay out of that game, get that game healthy. Yep. And you, you just come out. That way, I mean, it's unbelievable that basically two and five would have got you in the playoffs. Two and five, Look, everything. No, yeah, you're right. Two and five. Two and five would got you in the playoffs. This, everything about this season has to be judged differently because, look, it was a sixty game. There was, a, and everybody's in the same boat. I get all that. Who knows what would happen if it was a hundred and sixty game season? Maybe the Phillies would have been worse. You know, maybe the bullpen would have really drug them down. I have no idea, but. So, so I'm not going to kill them, you, you know, because of the, it's a pandemic. It's, it's all, but having said that, you are two years into Bryce Harper now. Two years into mm-hmm. Bryce Harper, and you have Bupkis to show for it. You don't even have a winning record to show for it. So that's a little disheartening to me. Mm-hmm. And you added Riamolto, you added uh, the shortstop, who I think is a pretty good player, who they're not going to sign him either because nope. he's going to get some, some, He'll get you know, a multi-year deal, right? Exactly, and you signed Wheeler, which you know actually looked like I think it's a lot of money for uh, a pitcher, but, but, but okay. he ended up being okay. I, I had no he ended problem up being okay. It. So think of all those things you've done, and you brought in a manager that has a ring on his finger, and it got you what? You actually technically games? were worse by win percentage. You were worse. I mean, it's just that's the disheartening part. But again, I'll give him a little bit of a of a. It was a weird season. It was a 60-game season, whatever. But, you know, they, they, look, the GM has to be gone, right? right? I mean, I know they owe him money for two right. years, but that can't be enough reason, can uh, it? Okay, let's get – I want to get to the some of these clips. This is Joe Girardi uh, after the game. Talk about what went wrong. We were, we were up and down all year, right? And it was just kind of how we played. We were streaky. And we happened to finish on a bad streak instead of just an okay streak. And it was the difference in our season. And I can tell you, it's not from lack of effort. It's not from the guys not preparing to play and to win every day. Um, I, 
you know, it's hard. To, I mean, there are things that we definitely have to get better at. There, there are things that we we need to do better. Um, but these guys never complained. Um, circumstances were difficult. Uh, and they fought the whole time. And, and I'm really disappointed for them. Um, because I know what they put into it to, to, to get to this point, And we didn't get to where we wanted to. And it really hurts. And that's Joe Girardi after the game on Sunday uh, in the in the teleconference. So, t- so tell me what the good tell me what the good streak was because they went ten and one. Right at one point. Well, they, if you take if you take the ten and one out, they would be an eighteen win team. Well, if eight. you th- if you think about, it, they started eight and fourteen. Right. Then they went ten and, they and, had one, the 10 and one, and then, and then they, they had- then they then they finished. I think seven and fourteen. So it wasn't up and down. It was down, up, down. Right. You know, there there was one two-week stretch where they looked like they were really good. And I said to you, I said, you know, you can have one good week in this, in this thing. And they did that. And they put themselves in a position. Look, they should have been in the playoffs. I don't know what would happen in the playoffs. Like they, if they were the eighth seed and they played the Dodgers, I still think they should have probably been able to beat the Marlins out for second. Yeah, you know, which would have meant, I guess, winning what, like three more games? I uh, guess would have put them over. Yeah, it would have been because oh. that's what. Yeah, it ended up being like a three-game cushion. Go ahead. Right, and, and for the second straight year, they couldn't beat the Marlins. I mean, like last year, the Marlins lost a hundred games, and the Phillies had a losing record against the Marlins. Look, they, they've got, they've got so many questions, and maybe they'll answer them. You know, maybe they like, look. For all we know, maybe it'll maybe it'll sign the catcher. Do you Who know? Knows? Do you know they have the second longest drought now, a uh, postseason drought in baseball? Who's the longest? Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, you know, Seattle's nineteen years, and the Phillies are nine. So yeah, <laughs> I mean that, that's, I mean, and this is not, Seattle. You can make the argument's not a big payroll. The Phillies are, for the most part. I mean, seventh seventh highest in baseball. Baseball, you can't. And and, and more disturbing is the lack of. Look, that Bohm gave him a lot. You can make an argument on Spencer Howard. Uh, Bohm might be rookie of the year. He could, Um, but the idea that their their farm system has given them not a lot. And and, you got Mickey Moniak. You got Paisley. You got um, Roman Roman Quinn. Quinn. That's your farm system. And, and even go a step further, Kingery. I yeah. mean, now look, maybe the COVID totally screwed him up. And I, I'll go with that. I'll, I'll, I'll go it. with that. But he didn't play very well last year either. So, you know, ever since you've given him that the contract, you know, and I think Kingery was kind of a guy I was counting on going forward, being some part of this team, whether it was the second base or whatever they were going to do with him. Man, now, I mean, he, he was like, he wasn't even like. Nah. It was like he wasn't here this year. Uh, he became a he became a professional nine hitter for this team. Yeah, which is not what he should be at this point. And you know, I found the most interesting person after the game today who talked. And we should say Jay Z Real Muto was not made available to the media in, in the conference call in the Zoom call afterwards. That yeah, makes sense. So, but Bryce Harper was there, and Bryce I heard, Har- and, I heard some of that, and, yeah. and Bryce Harper. It was interesting to hear his two clips of answers I'm going to play for you. 
One is on JT Realmuto. Oh, you have to be able to build from within. You have to be able to rely on the guys in your organization um, to get you to where you need to be. And JT Realmuto needs to be our catcher next year. Plain and simple. I mean, he's, he's the best catcher in baseball. He's the best hitting catcher in baseball. Our guys love to throw to him. Um, if that's Wheeler, if that's Nola, if that's anybody. I mean, anybody that is the best at their position, hitting and fielding, needs to be signed. And that is JT Realmuto. Um, and I don't think that should even be a question or anything because there's going to be two teams or three teams in the NL East that are going to go after that guy. And if that happens, I mean – that's going to be tough, uh, tough to swallow for us. That's the franchise player throwing down a challenge to his front office and his owner that you need to buck up whatever it takes to get JT Realmuto back. Yeah, but he said that before. I mean, no, it, it's been a never-ending record. He's been saying this all year. He's been wearing T-shirts. He's been well, – John Middleton knows where Bryce Harper stands. I mean, Bryce Harper's got to say that. They, he, you know, he wants this team to be good. But, again, Bryce isn't the guy who has to sit there and add up all the figures – and make sure they come out, you know, and Bryce got his money and, and JT's entitled to get his. And, you know, if the Phillies need five things and signing Riamulto means they're not going to get three of them, well, then you got to make that decision as the Phillies. You know, I've heard a lot of arguments in the last couple of days that having a couple more pitchers or having a couple, you know, this or that is more important than having an all-star catcher. The, the fir- I don't know. The first part of that, too, I took as a bit of a dig that you have to develop your talent from within, especially pitching. And that's kind of where he was going. That's a dig at the front office that you have yeah, to. No, but be- I think, no, but Kevin, I think what he was saying there, Bryce, Bryce hasn't been here long enough to dig at the minor league system. I think what he meant was that Riamulto is part of this team. Right. And that you shouldn't let him go. I think that's what he meant from the within. Like, if we let him go and go get other free agents, like, why are we doing that? I, I think that's, I, you know, so then Middleton's got to decide. Well, first of all, they got to decide who the general manager is going to be. Well, I th- mean, that's probably the first thing they have to do, and, right? And so, I, I and so Bob Brookover, our buddy, asked Bryce Harper about what he feels Matt Clintock has done and his job. And this is the answer he got. one. Do you feel like Matt should be back next year, Clintac? I mean, I'm not an owner, so I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions. I'm not an owner, so I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions. He has no trouble yeah. spending the, the owner's money. Well, I mean, what's he, what's he, is he going to come out and give him an endorsement? I mean, Girardi kind of sideswiped. They, they asked Girardi that, you know, and he, he gave the political Yeah, he did. About how you he know, loved working with Matt Clintac. I think if I'm Bryce Harper, and this, look, I'm not in that locker room. I don't, you know, you're Bryce Harper. You signed to come here. The team you left, you you watched them win a World Series last year. And as much as you won't say that publicly, that had to hurt. Oh, it yeah. has to hurt. Okay, so now you're here. You're in year two. And, you, you know, they go out and get Wheeler. They get DD, They get the catcher. And you're thinking, okay, we, you know, we're, we're, we're taking some steps. Our bullpen sucks. Okay. And now you're, you're kind of seeing – like maybe going into year three that the whole thing could be disintegrated. Like you, you've put it starting over like, no, we're not supposed to be starting, starting over again, you know, but that's, you know, um, I, I think the first thing they have to do, Kevin, I'm, I, you know, you, you know, this more than I do how this works. Doesn't this have to be done like in the next week? Well, and that's don't the- you have to kind of, don't you have to do that? 
That's the thing. It's like uh, <clears throat> the the idea for me that this has this can drag past Tuesday. It, it, it can't happen. If you don't want to do it tomorrow, that's fine. Maybe you want to use the playoffs coming up as a as a little bit of a a, a, a cover. You can do that, but and, McF- and McPhail goes. Are they a package deal? If- I think they, they have to. Okay, could, could you see him bringing them back? There's only one way, and I, I wrote this on Philly Voice. There's only one way I could see them bringing it back. It's if they don't want to have to pay two general managers and the team president for okay. a year when that when they're cutting costs in other areas. Okay. Um, and, and how do you think? How do you think that would play in? Not, not oh, it'll be horse. It'll it'll it'll. It'll depress whatever market is. I don't think he has much of a choice. I think he's going to have to do this. And um, eat the money? Well, just eat the money. Just eat the money. I mean, Appreciate really, it. if you think about it, the money for the money for uh, Clintac and McPhail is really pocket change compared to what it would be eat a player's salary. Right. But it's in a year where you're losing $100 million. I, I understand, whatever, but you know. he also then has to figure – if he does bring them back and they are able to sell tickets next year in some form, how much more money is he going to lose? Because he's going to, you have, do you have any idea off the top of your head who might be a candidate like that that people would get excited about or that they would know about or that they, you know, cause I don't, I mean, I'm not, that's not my Dave Dombrowski is an easy guy, but it sounds like Dombrowski is going to end up with the angels. Okay. Um, this is not. I think the one thing people understand: if it's not going to be Dombrowski, it's going to have to be a younger person, maybe who was an assistant GM within a system, maybe somebody with the with the Dodgers, maybe somebody. Um, you know, I would look at the Tampa Bay system um, and, and look at it that way. You're not going to have. Um, you're not going to go again unless it's Dombrowski. You're not going to. You're not allowed to. You're not really going to be having a full market of experienced people out there. You know, one name that could come up is Terry Ryan. Terry Ryan, who's actually, I believe, a scout within the Philly system. Terry Ryan used to be the general manager of the Twins and helped build the Twins teams that were pretty good in the late two okay. thousands. So How about the guy they could keep um, somebody who's in house. And who knows what they're doing? How about the guy? Didn't the guy from Houston have to sit out a year for? Um, it's I believe two years actually. Jeff years Lu- Jeff Luno, and they will not hire Jeff Luno. Okay, that's fine. Does Ruben have any shot in hell? I would not think so. Okay, somebody asked me that today, and I and I I thought what you just said. I think Ruben could come back in the organization, but I don't think he'll be the GM. Okay, I could see honestly. That's- you know what I could see? I could see Ruben being like. Maybe involved with the business end of the of the organization a little more. Maybe okay. he's another scout or something. Maybe he's like a president of business, yeah, you know, like president of baseball ops and works with somebody. But I don't think he's going to be the main guy. Could they make Ruben like since they've done such a horrible job in Latin America? Couldn't they? I mean, wouldn't that seem like a really good thing? Say, hey, Ruben, go to Latin America and get us a few Altuve's. <sighs> I, that, Not that it's that easy I to do it. I'm think, just, yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, that wasn't their strong point. But you know to begin what I'm with. saying. You know, have I mean, a yeah, they, they 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 had. I mean, look, they did have a little bit of a pipeline. I mean, you know, with Ruiz and you know right. they got Neris and and they're not 
awful there. There's okay. teams that are worse. But oh, yes, well, yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, where they've struggled on the international market is they've struggled with Japan, uh, the far, right. the far, you know, kind of the 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 the, the far east. They've struggled. Mm-hmm. They've struggled in Venezuela. Uh, okay. Lately, well, I shouldn't say late uh, Venezuela because they have Ruiz, but okay, they 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 they, they, they could me, be making a better push in some areas. I agree. Let me ask you this: Do you think whether Clintac is back or not helps the Riamulto potential signing? Like, if the Phillies keep Clintac, does that almost mean he's leaving? But if they got somebody else, do you think that could help? Change Riamulto. You know, we all seem to think Riamulto is at least going to test the water, probably get a good offer. Do you think if the Phillies made a change that it might say, hey, let me see who this guy, you know, let me see who they bring in? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there to you. That that basically the real Mudo thing could facilitate a change? Yeah, I think that could because I think, honestly. No, could it change, maybe, maybe make him want to come back here more? Yeah, it could. Okay. It could. Absolutely. You know? Okay. Um, okay. You know, I don't know. See, here's the thing. I don't know. If you're JT Realmuto, what what's your priority? Is it that you want to get the highest paycheck? Then he's not going to come back here. If it's, I want to go to someplace I enjoyed and I think has a shot to win, maybe he has a shot to come back here. But it also depends on some of the other moves. This, what is I'm not, saying this is, is not going to be an early in the winter signing, I don't think. Right, but what I'm saying is the record's 24 or 25 million, right? Yeah, okay. he'll, he'll break that either way, I think. Okay, well, that's what I kind of mean. Like, if the Mets came in and said 20, I'll just throw a number out, 30, I'll throw 30, whatever. A goofy number, but who knows. And the Phillies were willing to go, you know, 26, 27, and maybe JT says, hey, you know, I like the Phillies, I think, you know, they're, they're – Whatever that, that, I guess that's what I was getting at. Was could the Phillies maybe get him? I don't think the Phillies are going to be the high bidder necessarily. I'm not. Not with the, but not with the Mets guy involved, and not with the Yankees maybe involved. Right. It it just can't happen. But at least if they were in the ballpark, you know that maybe he says, "Hey, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, Middleton or Harper sits down with him." You know, I I don't know. Um, you know, did the Phillies have a better chance to win than the Mets? I. I I don't know going forward. I mean, the Yankees. I would think the, they, I would look. I would think the Phillies have a better shot to win than the Mets right now. Okay, so, so okay, but you know, so if if all, if he wants to win, he should go to the Yankees because the Yankees have the best chance every year of being that team more so than the Mets and the Phillies. They just do. It's, it's just. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't mean they win. It just means they have the best chance. Well, so but but Mike and I, I'll use this example, and, and actually I'll give our buddy Matt Gale. Is, is number ten retired by the Yankees yet? Um, um, yeah, it was Rizzuto, right? No, Rizzuto was one. No, who was ten? That's why I'm asking you. That's what I'm asking. I'm, nine. Nine was Maris. Um, Bill Dickey also was nine. No, Bill Dickey was eight. Him and Yogi were both eight. Okay. Um. And, but I'm not sure that their tens retired. Wow. <laughs> uh, hold on. Eight. Eleven is not retired. Ten, ten is Phil Rizzuto. No, Phil Rizzuto's one. I'm telling you, I'm looking no, at the. No, no, no. One look- was Billy Martin. Right. One was Billy Martin. Phil Rizzuto is retired. Phil Rizzuto was ten. Yeah. Okay. So so Jay, they can't entice JT with number ten. No. I mean. <laughs> 
They uh, could give me eleven. <laughs> they could give it. just just tell um their outfielder he can't wear it anymore. Ian, uh, well, Brett Gardner may be gone anyway. That's true. Um, right. <laughs> Ian, you know, one thing I learned in the Harper thing a couple years ago is everybody said, "Oh, he wants to go play on the West Coast." Oh, he wants to guys because right, of Las Vegas, right? Yeah, guy. Nobody really knows where guys want to go. We all say we know. We all say we know what these guys are thinking and all that. You don't. Right. I mean, hey, look, Mike Trout. Mike Trout. People are still wondering why Mike Trout signed with the Angels. Now, I think now, it was interesting. Mike Trout came out yesterday and talked about Jerry Depoto, or not Jerry Depoto. Um, oh, who was the the GM? Um, he got let go, right? Yeah, Billy Epler. Excuse me, Billy Epler got right. fired. But it was funny because Trout yesterday made a big deal of uh, how much he he liked Epler personally, and he was the right. first one. He was the first one who ever really got involved. Sorry about that. My phone's ringing. Um, and no, it's not Quintech. Uh Billy was a real reason I signed he- back here. We built a friendship over the years. He's put a lot of great teams together, and it just didn't work these last few years. Relationship and the friendship I built with Biddy- Billy it goes beyond baseball now. I've had a couple GMs come in here. Never had the GM relationship I had with him with, him, with anyone else. And that didn't save Billy Epler. So, well, I mean. Yeah, I mean. Well, look, they had five. I mean, look, he's been there five years and they haven't made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, and with with Mike Trout on your team, and then they signed the guy from the Cardinals, who now is at the end of his career. Um, I mean, they did. And this year they went out and got the third baseman Rendon. I mean, they, they, they the Angels do sign high priced guys. They got Otani. I mean, you know, it isn't like they don't have guys who are making a lot of money. But somebody made the point that that maybe. You know, why would he sign with the Angels? And the point was maybe he wanted to reward their loyalty. You know, that was a team that you're, I don't know. I, you're right. Why? You know, everybody thought that Mike Trout might be coming to Philadelphia. I'm like, no, why do you think? Because he's from South Jersey. He's going to want to come to Philadelphia and be under a microscope 24. 20- no, he can come back and watch all the Eagles game he wants. You know, come back in the winter, watch Eagles games. Um yeah, you're right, Kevin. I mean, why do guys sign? I, you know, you don't know why, why guys sign. Why did Rendon sign with the Angels when I don't know? Wasn't he from Texas or something? Everybody thought he might sign with Who? one of the Texas teams. Rendon, or yeah, yeah, that was the big. That was the big. Uh, that was the big theory last year. But then, of course, he, somebody drops a boatload of money, and that's why yeah. he signed. They signed there, so uh, you know, let's. I don't want to see JT playing catcher for the next three, four, five years with the New York Mets. I, I do not want to see that I, because I, 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 it'd be like Howard Eskin. I'll have to get a dog because that would make <laughs> me very afraid. Not that the Mets are necessarily going to win division titles or whatever, but I just don't want to face that guy because you know he'll hit three, like 360 against the Phillies. You well, know it. You know. I mean, what you said, though, Mike, is right. I mean, they're, they have so many issues. I mean – Yep, you're gonna have to fill shortstop. You're gonna have to fill maybe third base because the first, uh, third baseman may end up at first base, especially if Hoskins ends up being a steady DH. I mean, yep, you need three start at least two starting pitchers, maybe three. Uh, you need a whole bullpen. You need a center fielder. You, you know what this reminds me? I would, me of, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable about the left fielder right now, to be bluntly honest, because this, of the way he's been re- hobbling around. This, this reminds me last year before the Eagles season. And we were all sitting here thinking, okay, you know, can, can the Eagles win the division? You know, can they, can they contend for the NFC chain, whatever? And then we'd be sitting there saying, but wait a minute, they need this, they need that, they need this, they need. 
And it was you, you just sat there and says, we're talking about a team that we think is going to be good, but yet they need four, five, six things. Like, good teams shouldn't need that much. You know, you should be maybe two pieces away or, you know, maybe three. You know, and they shouldn't necessarily be big pieces. They might be, you know, medium pieces. Um, and the Phillies, you just look at them and you're like, and now the Eagles, it's the same thing. You're sitting there going, well, they've drafted so badly that now they need a left tackle. And now they need a cornerback. And now they need a safety. And now they need, and God forbid, they might need a quarterback. <laughs> you know, it, at some point, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling how some of our team, even the Sixers. Right. We look at the Sixers now and say, oh my God, you know, they got two legitimate all star guys, but we don't know about them. And then we don't know about Tobias and we don't know about Horford. And we don't, and you're sitting there going, my God. How could we have picked this team to win the East? Well, I think one thing that's been established here, and, and I, you know, it was funny. I, I looked up the video from last year's press conference with Middleton and Clintac and McPhail, and there was one quote, and I used it in my Philly Voice story to, uh, that's online right now, that says, uh, this is Middleton when talking about, you know, did he, the question was, did you usurp some of the power away from your front office, you know, to fire Gabe, and why would you do that? And his quote, and I'll, I'll read it to you. Ultimately, I, ha- I felt that if I was going to c- bring Gabe back, I had to be very confident we would have a different outcome, Middleton said. And those September collapses, I kept bumping up against them. And I couldn't get comfortable enough that if I brought him back, we wouldn't have another problem. You yeah. basically have another problem. And the only difference that is it was a yeah, game year. Right. But that that's the only difference. But that doesn't bode well for the general manager or the president. Right. At this point. And Gabe and, and look, Gabe didn't have a bullpen that was this bad either. I mean, you know, I'm not saying the Phillies had they didn't have Wheeler last year. So right. you know, Gabe oh, I'm, not, I'm not excusing Gabe. I'm just saying oh, no. that this now doesn't bode well for the general manager and the team president, in my mind. Yeah. Um Kevin, I agree with you. I mean, and I think most it, it it's gonna be a really hard sell. To me, if Clintac is not gone, because I listen to enough talk radio, I talk to enough people, fan, whatever, you do the same thing, mm-hmm. who just, and we're not the, look, we're not always right, and we're not always the be all end all. But if if he has a, well, do you have a press conference to say somebody's coming back? I guess you don't, do you? Well, at this, <laughs> yeah, po- at this point, it would be, is not coming back? Yeah, you would. No, no. If he is coming back, you don't have a press conference, right? If Matt Clintac is coming no, back, no, but I think back, John. I think because John is so public, John has to come out one way. Or I got another. you. Okay, I just think that the uproar in this city would be. Um, oh, it'd be off the charts. Yeah. I mean, it may be like I, I shouldn't make this analogy, but like if the if the Sixers hire Mike D'Antoni <laughs> and things don't go well, you know, I'm just saying. I mean, when, when you and look, Mike D'Antoni might come in here and do a great job. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's certainly been around the block enough times. He may have some of the answers that Brett didn't have. I don't know this. Um, I personally, I think I would go with Tyron Lue at this point, but that's me. Um, I So I hope that Dan Tony, if he gets the job, does. But it's almost like, and like you're saying, right now the only team that we're not talking about is the Flyers. Yeah. And they're the only team that – Right anything. now, you have any kind of feeling that, yeah, they're on the right yeah. kind of money. And the problem the Flyers are going to have now is, is the expectations. now people expect stuff out of them. Yeah. 
Um, so they're going to start the season the same way the Sixers started this last season. You know, hey, yeah, you can get to the finals. You know, they're the best team in the East. Just, okay, that's fine. But now you got to do it. Um, but all the other teams, you kind of look at them and say, you know, nobody believes in the Eagles right now. Um, and the Eagles haven't given you any reason to. And, and the injuries are just through the roof. The, the, the Phillies, you know, they haven't given you any reason to believe that they're going to be a better team than the Braves next year. Um, and the Sixers, you just don't know. You're you're just kind of you think they're better than they were. Mm-hmm. Won't believe that, but you're you're you know I still don't think they're the sixth best team in the East. I refuse to believe that. But I'm not sure they're the first or second best team in the East either. No. Uh, so the baseball playoffs will begin on Tuesday. Uh, we'll have Ricky Patel go on Tuesday to talk more about whatever's going on here with the Phillies. But uh, I thought we were getting Ricky Riccardi. No, we're getting Ricardo. Rick, we're getting Ricky Batalico. Getting Ricky I'm sorry. Well, I love Ricky Bo too. Yeah, because Ricky Bo goes nuts after every game. <laughs> well, I'm Ricky, and Ricky love- by Tuesday will have either calmed down or be in full lather over whatever is well, going to be announced. I got to tell you something. There was times this year. Where they might have been better off bringing Ricky Bowen out of the oh bullpen, God. even at forty-five or whatever Ricky is. I don't know how old Ricky is, but um, when you listen to Ricky explain stuff, it, it, it's I love yeah. guys that can explain things. You know, that, that played and can explain, and he'll talk about like you know how they're trying to pitch this guy or how, yep. you know, what. It's fascinating it sometimes, uh, and you wonder why the guy on the mound can't think like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy. Though. It's easier when you're not on the mound with the ball in your hands, right? Yep. So playoffs in the National League, it's Dodgers and Brewers. It's Padres and Cardinals. It's Cubs and Marlins. Do the Cardinals have a shot? No. No, the Cardinals were leaking oil here at the end, so I'm not. Okay. Uh, okay. And Atlanta. What's the other two? What's the other two? Well, Cubs and Marlins, which ought to be real interesting. I'll root for the Marlins. And the Braves and the Reds. That's the National League side. Uh, do you do you think all four of the favorites will win? I think actually the Reds have a shot against the Braves. Okay, uh, because I think that you know their pitching is just so much deeper than anybody else. Okay. Um, American, all three of those games, all three of those games will be Atlanta. If there is three games, all three games all are Atlanta, at the home right? sites, right? Okay. Um, okay. American League, it's Tampa, Toronto. Tampa's really good, by the way. Uh, Cleveland and the Yankees. That'll be an interesting four or five. Uh, Twins and Astros and A's and White Sox is the... I guess the Twins were just happy they weren't playing the Yankees, huh? You know, honestly, they won the division and ended up that they ended up shifting, uh, swapping, basically, with the, uh, with, the, uh, with the Indians. So I think they'll gladly take this and avoid Tampa, too. Twins, I think, come out. Haven't they lost like like twelve straight playoff games to the Yankees or something? Though, or yeah, it was some goofy number. Yeah, if you're the Twins, you're on the other side of the bracket. It's pretty good, right? Because Houston's a shot team right now. The A's and and the White Sox. Who did the A's get? The White Sox. Okay, and the A's. I I always root for the A's because back in the seventies, I loved the A's. They were like my favorite team. Mm -hmm. I loved them. They haven't won a playoff series in like. Since like 1990, I think. Yeah. Or that's, but they've been there like nine times. Yeah. Yeah. That to me is amazing. It's, I, I think something, I just have a feeling something weird's going to happen in these playoffs. And, and that, like, if you said to me I could have the Dodgers or the field, I mean, obviously you take the field. 
But, you know, the Dodgers are such a prohibitive favorite kind of because they are, they are the best team. I just think something goofy is going to happen. I don't know what. I, I, don't, I don't, you know, but I, I just think there's going to be some upsets. Oh, I think there's going to be some upsets. I agree. Yeah. I might, yeah. You know, I, I like that Tampa team. I, I like a lot of teams in the American League. Like I can get behind the and White the best Sox. series. I'm rooting personally for Cleveland. I would love to see Terry well, I love, more. Yeah, I like Terry too. Um, yeah. Cleveland. I'm rooting, I'm rooting for San Diego. I like San Diego. Cleveland and the Yankees will be fascinating um, because, to yeah. be honest, both of them have are good enough that they can win the World Series. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. And did, didn't Cleveland trade Clevenger? Yeah, they did. And they're still real good. Yeah, they are. All right, so we're back on Tuesday with Ricky Bell, uh, and then next Friday um, for our football selections, which hopefully I'll do better next week than I did this week. So, no, your team. Some of your teams came back. It wasn't. Yeah, um, yeah and I got Green Bay. They were getting. You were getting killed early. Right. I got but, Green Bay the night too. So. Yeah, I mean, I just I will remind people that my Eagles teaser play, and I don't know. I'm trying to remember some of the other games I took, but my Eagles teaser play won because the Eagles were getting a half a point and the over was only 40. So that's why you tease. <laughs> Except when you tease the Cardinals. Then then you don't then you don't tease because that doesn't work. <laughs> uh I should point out, by the way, we had mentioned that Real Muto was not available for uh, JT decide not to. Uh, James Housebury just tweeted this out. Uh, this declined to take part in the postgame video news conference. So, and it was you know his what? choice. And that, and the reason why he didn't was because he, he was didn't... going to get asked. And that, and look, it was like when Bernard Pierce was going to leave Temple, and he didn't come in after their bowl game because he knew the first question Mike Kerm or or um, or Keith Pompey was going to ask him was, "Are you leaving?" Yeah. So of course, you know, Steve uh, Adazio, that idiot that he was, you know, just. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, don't get me started on him. Um, Colorado yeah, State's the pride of Colorado State. Yeah, uh, the pride of Colorado. Yeah, I'm proud of that team, too. The, um, <laughs> um, and JT, look, that's the right move. Yeah. Because if you come in, unless you come in and say, like, before you start, say, look, guys. No questions I'll take on any my questions contract. you want, but I am not answering anything about my future. I'll talk all you want about the game, about – you know, we didn't get the job done at the end of the season. Right. Anything you want, but I'm not talking about that. So he probably took the high road. And and I would and, assume you, know, you may hear from him later in the week about all this. So um, I don't think so, Kevin. You may be right, but I just think once – because any time he's going to talk, yeah, unless he sets the ground rules, you know, I think you may have seen him in his last moment as a Philly. Yep. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But it's just – I don't see. I don't listen to anybody in the media, like Ricky Bo, like Ruben, who seems optimistic about him coming back. Uh, John Clark, by the way, saying that Deshaun Jackson strained his hamstring, not too serious. Dallas Goddard will probably miss some time with the ankle injury. So that is the injury word as of now. You, you know what hammy means, baby. Hammy means that's going to be re-injured soon. Yeah, you know that. Yep. So. <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you, Michael. Uh, bring on the 49ers. Bring baby. on the Niners. No no rant next week because it would be at about midnight. So, <laughs> nah, And see, next week, see, nobody's going to expect them to win next week anyway. Of course. Probably. So that means they'll probably win. 
But, um, yeah, I mean, look, Kevin, I mean, look, uh, we, we're not going to end on a limb here. They're not going to be favored in any of these next three games. They, that they, doesn't mean I they already, won't win any I have them. the line. Do you want to guess the line for next week? Uh, okay, let me see. And the Niners are uh, they're all banged up. Um, okay, let me give let me do my best here. San Fran giving five. San Fran giving three and a half. Okay, I, I, I was that, okay three and a half. Yeah. Um, boy, you see, I didn't see San Fran's game today. I know they played a crappy team and they won big. I did Garoppolo play? Nope. Okay. Wow. Now that how, line, how could you take the Eagles? You can't. <laughs> you can't. And and regardless of what the Eagles do next week, unless they lose by twenty, which I don't think they're going to do, I think it'll be a game. You know, whatever. What's the line when the Ravens come here in two weeks? In three weeks, you uh, mean. they go to Pis- they go to well they oh, go they to play- Pittsburgh in the middle. Okay. 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 I. I. Okay. So it before, but I'm telling you. Unless something really goofy happens between now and then, like the Eagles beat the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, if they win their next two games, obviously that impacts a lot. Let me correct. The, the, Let me correct. The, what did you say, five and a half? Five and a half. Apparently the line is up to six. Okay. Somebody right. had three so, and a half earlier, but it's six. So the wise guys jumped all over it. Yeah. Um. Okay. But they could be a home underdog of double digits. Oh, against Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah, they could. If the next couple of weeks don't go well, which I'm not saying it will. They they, they could be out there. Look, it is not out of the realm of the NFL possibility. If the Lions can win at the Cardinals, you know, the Eagles can certainly beat the Niners and or beat the Steelers. The Steelers are good. Don't get me wrong. But I, I don't know what the Eagles' injury situation is going to be and all that. But all things being equal, I could see the Ravens being of like about a nine or a ten point road favorite here. Yeah, does that not make sense? Yeah, you're right. I agree. I and who, and who would take the Eagles? Nobody. Yeah, I mean, you could be after six weeks. You you could be one four and one or oh five and one, and maybe not be out of the race yet. But nobody would care. Like like. Think of what think of what the Eagles are taking out of you're coming out of a pandemic. People are hungry for anything, right? Yep. Then you gotta go through the Sixers. And okay, the Flyers give you some life. They they take you okay. Then the Phillies just, you know, cut you out too. What are people in this town going to do if three weeks from now this thing is falling apart and you have nothing to look forward to at all? Uh-huh. I mean, Mike, that's Mike, it's not good. And it's realistic. It's very realistic to think that's going to happen. I mean, you're back in Chip Kelly territory. It's funny. I'm looking and at then, And then, now look, I never like to jump ahead of myself, so this could all be. But at some point, if this season goes south mm-hmm. and never recovers, just goes south, there's going to be some people asking questions, not just about the quarterback, about the coach. Coach and the GM. About the general manager or whatever Howie's title is. And there'll be some serious questions getting asked. Uh, and I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope they figure out a way. But all these injuries just makes me believe. It's almost like we're back to the last four games last year. Well, we had nobody. Before before we go, we talked about how they're a, game, they're a half game out behind um, both Dallas and Washington. Cowboys and Washington football, football team. team. Okay. 
Now, Dallas was an onside kick recovery away from being 0-3. Yes, they were. But you look at who Dallas played the first three weeks at the Rams, at the Seahawks, and, yeah, the Falcons, okay? Yep. But but that's a tough start. The schedule, they get Cleveland next week at home. They get the Giants at home. They get three straight at home. Yep. You know, this half game edge that Dallas has can balloon real quick when you look at the schedule contrast between the next three. I'm just saying is everybody now will not be expecting the Eagles to beat any good teams. No, you're right. That's just how. But they might. I mean, we've seen this in the NFL. We see it all the time. We've seen Doug do it. You know, where they could beat the 40. Now, I'm not saying they're going to. I'm just saying they could. It wouldn't be the biggest upset in the history. It wouldn't even be the biggest upset next weekend. But if, if as long as you're within, I've said this before, even when if you look you're out and try two. to project, as long as they're within two games of the Cowboys – that means they have a shot. They may not be within two games of the Cowboys no. at some point in time. They have to absolutely win the game against the Cowboys here, the first game, which I think is the game. Right at, they get the Giants right after the Ravens, right? And then the Cowboys and the Giants. Again. Yep. And they'll have a long gap between the Giants game right. and the Ravens game because, or I'm sorry, between the Giants game and the Cowboy game because it's the Thursday night game. Okay. If they could win those three games, uh-huh. the two Giants and the Cowboys, the worst they'll be at that point would be three, five, and one, maybe four, four, and one. Then you're not out of it. But if the Cowboys come in here and win, yeah. then the season's over. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. Because then you're just really playing all kind of catch up with tiebreakers and all that kind of crap. And, you know, although the Cowboys do have two conference Wh- losses. Whatever. Well, yeah. Rem- they do. Remember, I mean, they have t- well, so do the Eagles. Right. I'm just saying, but it, it's not like the Cowboys don't, you know. Right. So they're still kind of even there, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm just, hey, I'm just trying to think of positives for you, man. You That's- are Professor Positive. I will give you that. <laughs> so, all right, Michael. Be good. I'll see you Be soon. good. See you on Tuesday. You got it. Thanks for joining us here on this Sunday night rant. As. Things will get better, folks. We'll see you on Tuesday. This has been Working the Beat. Well, you win.